Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, I'm John Laredo, your host of Tomorrow's Leader. Welcome to today's episode where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. So there is a great show on, I think it's HBO, uh, called uh, Traction Park. I'm sorry, no, it's called Class Action Park. That Traction Park was our nickname for it. For those of you, all my Jerseyites that are out there, uh, I grew up in New Jersey, and uh, you know what I'm talking about, Action Park in Vernon Valley. Wow, uh, memories from that place. If you have not seen this documentary, you've got to take a look at it because... For those of you who have gone, uh, you remember it vividly. Believe me, I know, and I've talked to you, and we've shared stories and laughs about it. But for those of you who have never seen this thing or know what it is or never heard of it, so let me take you through what this experience was. So Action Park was like an amusement park that was unlike anything else in the world. Uh, It was in Vernon Valley, New Jersey, northern New Jersey, and it was basically this, you know, very uh, totally... It was a shit show. I mean, it was a loosely operated amusement park that had a a water park and then a a motor park. And the motor park was like uh, go-karts, but it was not just like go-karts. It was like these things legitimately went fast. It was motorboats. Uh, it was like all the other motorized. There were tanks that you drove and shot people with you know, stuff, tennis balls or whatever, or <laughs> grenades. You have these grenades you throw. I mean, it was crazy. Um, and then you had this water park. And you've almost got to think about it. Like if you went to like your crazy uncle's, uh, you know, place where he had a big, big piece of property and he just decided to put up like rope swings and tire swings and and make his own um you know, like uh, uh, water slides uh, that were big and went down the sides of mountains and 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 did a loop. I mean, you'd be you'd go to your crazy uncle's place and be like, all right, I guess, and you come out there hurt. Well, we would come out, we go to Action Park, and we would be honestly, and I, I don't mean this, I'm not exaggerating. I think I bled every single time I went there. We loved it because it was it was sold as this and it was promoted and branded as this you create your own adventure. They were like it wasn't like you created your own level of excitement and action. So it wasn't like there were roller coasters on rails. Everything was kind of free. There was no there were no guardrails. I mean, I remember going down a, a water slide that was this huge intimidating thing where you you are you sit on it and then you go it's a literally a sheer 90 degree drop and you know as a kid you're just assuming this stuff is safe okay so it's got to be tested right I mean it's got to be this is not you know this is an amusement park it looks real and authentic Uh, I remember going down it and I was airborne like I was not my back wasn't on the water slide I was free falling for a few seconds and then, yeah, I mean, you're literally, and then, you know, you're caught on the, you hit the ground, you hit the, uh, the water slide 
it was that crazy. Um, I mean, I remember people go on the rope swing and they'd forget to let let go and they come crashing right back into the tree. Um, You saw all kinds of stuff. Yes, there was a water. There was a water uh, slide that went in a loop. Literally, you went down a hill. It went in a full loop. And then you go. I mean, it was just crazy stuff. Um, People died like legitimately people died. I mean, you you they would give you a motorboat. You go in a speedboat, this little miniaturized speedboat that would go fast. You didn't need a boating license. I don't think you needed a license at all. Um, there were no controls on it. You just go, you know, floor it. It wasn't like they spaced you out. You just you went and people would bump into each other. I mean, there were all kinds of accidents all over the place. Legit. And that's why we called it Traction Park. Uh, I could tell stories about stories, but you got to watch this documentary. So uh, it's it's crazy. So why do I bring this up? Well, you watch this documentary, and again, or if you lived it, you know what I'm talking about, you kind of wonder, you look back and say, how did it get to that point? Like legit, like how did, you know, the regulators, the state, I mean, how did they let this happen? It was unreal. Like how, <laughs> uh, how, how absolutely absurdly dangerous this place was. And it would make money hand over fist. I mean, people would just flock to it, which shows you something about our society. Like we were just thrilled to go there and take our chances with our lives or with our health so and our safety. So, um, you know, it's kind of amazing. But you do ask the question, okay, well, how did we get there? And what does this have to do with leadership? Well, it has a lot to do with it because it's basically you see organizations go through things all the time where they you ultimately ask the question. And it could be sports teams. It could be an amusement park like this. It could be a business. A once great organization. I'm not saying Action Park ever had a very high safety record. But you see a lot of great organizations, great teams that get to a point and you ask the question or even they ask the question, how did we get here? Like literally, how did this happen? It feels like we are so far away from where we were at our best. How did we let this happen? And I'll tell you how this happens because I've seen it firsthand. I've lived it. Um, and I've also observed it and worked with tons of leaders. And inevitably, most leaders, even at their best, even if they're they're top tier leaders, they go through a period of time where they ultimately ask themselves, okay, and it could be a part of their organization, it could be their company as a whole, how did we get here? How did we let this happen? And here's what happens. It's what I call the slow degradation of standards. It's not a fast thing, it's not an overnight thing, but it's a 1%, you hear me talk about the 1% change and growing by 1% every 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 week, uh, which is all it takes to get unbelievably great. But it's also all it takes if you go down by 1% to get absolutely disastrous. And that's unfortunately what happens with with organizations. There are organizations, and part of being a great leader is you have to set a tone and you have to set standards. What are the norms for your organization? What are the things we tolerate? What are the things we don't tolerate? Okay, Whether you are explicit or implicit, those are knowns in your organization, okay? As a leader, let me say that again. Whether you explicitly say it or not, it's implied by your actions and your non-actions as to what your standards are. What do you tolerate? What do you allow? 
uh, ultimately, what are the norms in your organization? And you see this a lot. I mean, I, I, I read a great book called um, It Doesn't Take a Hero by Norman Schwarzkopf. If you get a chance, read it. Uh, it was a really cool insight into a general and his leadership style and the things that he saw out on the battlefield. So he led during Desert Storm and um, and um, and uh, had an unbelievable uh, perspective. One of the stories he talks about is he says, you know, I was out uh, in, in, and I went to one of our military hot zones, literally, and they didn't know I was coming, uh, but I went there and what I saw alarmed me. He said in, in this area that should have been fully camouflaged from a far, far distance, he could see one of his men one of the men uh, walking around without camouflage, not only without camouflage, but in red boxer shorts. So this is a fully camouflaged, militarized hot zone that should be uh, operating totally differently. And here is one of the guys that is walking around, uh, obviously compromising everybody's safety, walking around in red boxer shorts. And he's like, what? And his point in this... and. The leader of that unit, he felt, was actually a strong leader. And what had happened was he talks about this slow degradation. And and basically, it starts off with that leader allowing a little bit of a of a lax attitude about something. Maybe it's, hey, you know, yeah, okay, you don't have to wear your your helmet all, all the time. So maybe you can just walk around without that. And then it becomes, all right, maybe your shirt doesn't need to be buttoned all the way. Uh, all right, maybe you don't have to be carrying your gun everywhere you go. All right, maybe you can just take your you know, outer camouflage and just have your T-shirt on. Yeah, okay, all right, let's, you know, we're having some fun. Yeah, sure, feel free to, you know, wear shorts, whatever. Before you know it, he's allowed this to get to the point where it's acceptable that somebody's walking around in red boxer shorts, now, if somebody coming from the outside, it's like, how the heck? But from somebody inside the organization, yeah, it's this, it wasn't overnight. It was this slow loosening and lowering of standards. Again, I see this all the time with organizations. I see organizations, I, I took over an organization one time that was a compliance nightmare. Uh, I mean, a nightmare. And I'm thinking, how did it get to this point? Well, it, it didn't. It, 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 slow, it didn't get there overnight. It was slowly got to this point. And it was one move and one move and one move and one tick and one tick and one tick. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, I can't believe we got to this place. Okay, And I think a lot of leaders actually recognize this. They've seen it and they, they kind of have a wake up moment like, what the, you know, and oftentimes leaders don't know what to do about that. They don't know how to handle that. Right. OK, well, we were once had really high standards. It's really tough. I mean, to keep standards high sometimes is exhausting. I mean, think about it. You have to inspect what you expect. You can't just say it, hey, okay, here's how we're going to deliver to our clients and our quality is up here and then trust the fact that it's there. As a leader, you have to have systems to trust but verify, right? You've got to inspect. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of people power. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of emotional energy. But the payoff is enormous. And the consequences for not doing that, for basically getting kind of more or less lazy and letting those standards drop, it doesn't seem like a big deal at first. And actually, it doesn't seem like a big deal until it is a really big deal. And then in some cases, it's such a big deal, it's unrecoverable. I've seen organizations fail, literally fail. 
and I, I've seen this, you know, you see, uh, you see all kinds of places, you see this in restaurants all the time where they're like, okay, well, how, how could they serve? How could they actually think it's okay to serve plates and stuff that are dirty, uh, or, or have wait staff or bartenders that are rude? Uh, you know, it's not like I caught them on a bad day. I mean, that's probably characteristic, but somebody's allowed that to happen. Uh, you see others, you know, I went through Chick-fil-A the other day for lunch and I didn't have a lot of time. I had like just a couple minutes to pick something up and it was the drive through was packed. But wow, you talk about a well-oiled machine. They had four people out in the line taking orders. You put your order in, you paid for it before you even were in line for maybe two minutes, even though this line had probably 20 cars in it. And then they funneled all the cars. It was like a an airport. I mean, they had air traffic controllers. I mean, like literally everybody was, there were probably 10 people working the outside line and it went fast. And you see how successful Chick-fil-A is. They had systems, their standards were so high, they did not accept the fact of somebody waiting too long for their meal where they wouldn't want to come back. I would go back there all the time. There's systems. Now that's leadership, right? The leader is the one who owns that. They own the the systems and making sure that there are well-oiled systems to make sure that things like that happen at such a high level, but then the execution of it, right? They own making sure that it continues to happen because you can't just talk about it and say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure we get a lot of people out there. We're going to take the order. We're going to make sure it goes smoothly. The leader's got to be the one going out there and making sure is what I expect to happen actually happening? Is my expectation being met? Okay, are our standards being met or exceeded? Because the moment they stop, the moment they drop, and there's no catch there, there's no, hey, this is not where we are supposed to be, then it's easier to go down another notch. And then it's easier to go down another notch. And then it's easier to go down another notch. And ultimately, a leader starts to be almost perplexed and and challenged with a question that is, well, all right, I know it's bad. I really know it's unacceptable, but it's almost like, why would I draw a line with that? You know, how am I, how am I going to be perceived by the team if all of a sudden, you know, I've allowed this, all this other stuff to happen and now I'm going to draw a line on that? Uh, and listen, I've been there before. I know it. I, you know, you face this as a leader. You're like, okay, well, where do I start? I mean, literally, it's where do I start? And I think the best leaders recognize that it's okay to actually be fully transparent because nobody wants to be on a team like that. They really don't, especially if they were on the team when the standards were really high and they've been part of allowing it to drop. Nobody likes that. Nobody, And if they do, they're, they're the wrong person on the team. But if they were part of the winning team, they don't want to be part of a losing team. You know, they don't want to be, they don't, they're not proud of an organization with low standards. So the best thing a leader can do is just put the stake in the ground, get the team together and say, listen, you know, I own this. I'm the leader. I'm the coach. I'm the teacher. I'm the parent, whatever. I'm the one who owns this. I'm the CEO. And and this is my responsibility. But it's also my responsibility to make us aware of our current reality and put the stake in the ground and no more. We're not doing this. This is not who we are. And here's what we are going to do about it. And here's how we're going to get back on top. Here is what our standards are. Here is what we do not tolerate and do not accept. You have to do that as a leader. And you will find when you do that, you will find great loyalty. You'll find great followership. You'll find people that want to be part of that. Even though it's a lot of hard work to bring those standards back up, you know what? You can't do it alone as a leader. 
And you can't not do it, otherwise your organization is going to fail. You need everybody's buy-in on that. And even though it's going to be tough, you need to get everybody's buy-in and they need to understand the reason why. Why are we doing this? Why do we have standards as high as we do? Why do we need to wear camouflage even when it doesn't feel like we need to and it's really hot? Why do we need to make sure people are going through the line fast? Okay, All of our jobs rely on that, right? We need to be a thriving business. Otherwise, we don't need as many employees if we're not, right? Why do we need to have our standards for quality of what we do with our clients so high? Why do we go through these painstaking measures? Well, here's the outcome when we do it. Here's what happens. Here's the picture. Here's how we feel. Here's the result. Here's how our our, our uh, perception is in the marketplace, everything. So connect the dots for people and you'll find they will uh, follow. So uh, bottom line is standards are absolutely critical. Again, keeping them high is not easy, but it is absolutely essential and it is painstaking to try to go through and bring it back, but it's a must-do. It's easy to let it slide. It's hard to bring it back, but you have to do it. Otherwise, the stake of your, your uh, organization is at uh, uh, in the balance, hanging in the balance. So I hope this helps. I'm more than happy to talk to you one-on-one about this. I've been there, done it, lived it uh, several times. I know what that road up and back looks like. Uh, I'm more than happy to provide some guidance and uh, talk to you about your own specific situation. So reach out to me, direct message me, reach out. You've got my contact info in the uh, notes. So uh, keep liking, keep sharing, keep subscribing, commenting. Your ideas, much appreciated. And again, please review these podcasts. Looking for five stars. I want to continue to make these great. Your reviews definitely help. They make a difference. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thanks. Lead on.